Welcome everyone to Extra Innings, the podcast that gives you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look and commentary on Market Scale's Welcome to the Show, a reality television series that follows the Savannah Bananas, the collegiate summer league baseball team that is changing the sport with their brand of fan-first entertainment. On this episode, we chat with Anastasia Hamilton, social media coordinator for the Gwinnett Stripers, the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. She gives us her thoughts on the complete series and how her desires for a front office minor league baseball reality show finally came true. Hamilton also gives us a unique perspective, looking into how social media, community engagement, and digital presence is affecting minor league baseball and how the Stripers capture that message. She also explains some of her favorite on-the-field experiences from the Savannah Bananas, why social media is so effective as a trial run for a team's community image, and why the best social media content happens in the park. Anastasia, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty great. How about yourself, Daniel? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Extra Innings. We talk to a lot of people within the sports world on this show, but we don't ever get anyone on to talk about social media specifically and digital design. I think this is going to be a really interesting analysis on what the Savannah Bananas are doing and just contextualizing how important social media is for a minor league team. So again, thanks for coming on, and I'm excited to dive right into the main topic. Before we do, I want to know just your overall thoughts on Welcome to the Show. Um, it has finally reached its grand conclusion, and I want to get your take on it. You know, after seeing it, what were some of your main takeaways? Oh, well, I've it's so funny because I've actually been saying all season long, how funny would it be if minor league baseball had a reality TV show and not the players? but the front office staff, because I have worked at a couple other industries and it with other teams, and there's nothing quite like being on the staff of a minor league baseball team. So then, you know, a couple months ago, Welcome to the Show came out, and I was like, ta-da, here it is. You know, of course, a good idea gets taken up eventually. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, the, the bananas are in Georgia as well. Um, so that was another interesting thing was just being able to see how a team in this state runs things. Um, and it was really fun to watch for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I think some of the main takeaways for me personally are just seeing the interactions between everyone in the front office and seeing, um, you know, just how in sync everyone is. Everyone is on the same page, whether it's creatively or just with that main message of wanting to deliver a fan first experience. And that's what really hit home for me is creating that team wide culture. Uh, you know, how important do you think that is for a minor league team? Uh, the culture is, I would say, the most important thing thing for a minor league front office staff. I mean, you know, we have 140 games, 70 of those are at home. We're working, you know, 12 to 16 hour days, sometimes seven in a row with, you know, about 15 to 20 people. So it's a lot of hours. You're going to spend more time with your coworkers than your family or friends. So, you know, that, that culture is, is huge. You have to be able to get along. You have to have some sort of relationship with these people because you're going to be spending so much time with them. Yeah, definitely. 
And I mean, you want, uh, you know, if there's any animosity or any issues, better to just address them head first. And I think that's also what the Savannah Bananas did well is when they had a disagreement or they weren't on the same page about something, they made it known. They didn't let it fester. They didn't let it turn into this big dramatic thing. I mean, they sort of just brought it to everyone's attention. And I think that's important. You know, if you're honest with who you're working with, especially in the entertainment world because you're trying to put on an authentic experience for your fans. So if you're being authentic with the people you're working with, then that'll build from the bottom up, Um, you know, and it'll create the right culture across the board. Yeah. And there's two things that I would kind of add on to that. You know, I think one of the biggest things is in order to kind of settle disputes before they happen, I think it's, it's a, big deal to have a strategy, to have a brand and, you know, to have the whole office staff have buy-in on what that is. That way, if there are any issues that arise, it's very easy to solve them. Is this on brand? Is this on in our strategy? Is this who we are? Yes or no. And then when you ask those questions, you're able to determine, you know, is this issue that has arisen, is this personal or professional? Because if you can, you know, clearly answer, is this part of our brand? Yes or no. And the answer is no. And you're still having an issue with it. Then you can see, you know, that the dispute is more personal than professional. And so those are just two things I would add on that. So I want to dig into the importance of social media for a minor league team. You know, I feel like, especially in sports, there is such an opportunity to create a really unique brand on social media and just within digital communities. You know, I think you see it a lot with just retail brands nowadays. You've got your Wendy's, you've got your Moon Pies that are really revolutionizing what it means to be a brand on social media, engaging with your followers and being fun, being silly. Um, And I think it kind of picks it up to the next level when you're looking at a minor league team because – I think a lot of times a minor league team is just really ingrained into its community and social media should reflect that. And I mean, it, it sh- it's not like that is a rule. It has to reflect your community. But I think that's when it succeeds really well is when the community buys in to the messages and the feel and the vibes and just the look that you're putting off. So what have you seen since you've been running social media for the Gwinnett Stripers? Um, what have you seen is just really important as a social media coordinator? I would say one of the biggest things that we strive to do here is to be interactive with our fans. If they're, you know, reaching out to us with a question, we try to answer in a timely manner. If they are sharing, you know, pictures with us, we're going to give that a like or, you know, comment back and tell them thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming out. You know, we hope to see you again. The beauty of social media is that it's a two way street. We can actually talk back to people. It's not just us talking into the abyss. We are talking to people and they are talking back to us. So that's one of the biggest things that we pride ourselves on is actually responding to fans um, and then just doing so in a timely manner with accurate information. Uh, those That's one of the biggest things for sure. Definitely. Well, and I think with social media especially – 
you get to be a little risky. And I think that's what the Savannah Bananas are doing really well, too, is I think with a lot of the content they create on the field, you know, the experiences themselves, they get risky. They try new, strange things that, you know, you might see on first glance and say, why the hell are they doing that? But then, you know, fans dig it up. They they eat it up. They love it. They dig it. It is their you know, favorite part of the week when they go to a Savannah Bananas game because it is a little weird and a little different. And then when you look at social media, it almost becomes a testing ground, I think, for a lot of the tone that you can set while you're on the field and while the game is actually being conducted. You sort of get to trial run some, you know, different voices for what your team represents, some different kinds of content. You know, maybe you dig into memes a little bit more. Maybe you try and stick to a really visual social media presence with uh, an Instagram and everything is about crisp, pristine pictures. You know, I what what is your take on that? How do you approach social media as maybe like a, a trial run for how you then push that culture on the field and, you know, while uh, your fans are in the park? Well, I would say that minor league and base minor league baseball in general, you hit the nail on the head. There is, there is a lot of opportunity to try new things. You know, we're not the major leaguers. We are fun, family affordable. If you asked any minor league team to describe themselves in three words, I guarantee those would be the words that come out of their mouth. And so, you know, we're not really so player focused. We're really focused more on the fan experience. And so because of that, our social media is going to look different and how we do things is going to be different than um, the major league. The only thing with our team specifically is we're a triple A team. So we're the highest level in the minor leagues. And our affiliate is the Braves, who are known to be a more traditional type of team. But the good thing that happened to us last December is we rebranded our team. We used to be the Gwinnett Braves, and now we're the Gwinnett Stripers. And we did this for a lot of reasons. But one reason is to have a little bit more fun, to get more into our community. Um, Lake Lanier is nearby and it has a plethora of striped bass. So the stripers comes from that with the idea, you know, that we will be able to tap into our community more, that we're going to give off a more relaxed vibe, that you're not necessarily coming out here to see the minor league player of the year who we did have last year. But when you come out here, most people are coming out here to kick back, relax, have a beer, let the kids run loose, and just hang out on a summer night. Um, so that's kind of something that we do try to focus on on social media. You know, we do want to showcase our players because we do have the top level talent. Uh, but at the same time, we want to showcase the fans having fun. We want to showcase the craft beer offerings that we have here. Some of the tasty treats we have, Kona Ice, King of Pops. Those are some really popular summer favorites in this area. And you can get them all in our ballpark. So those are just some things that we put out on social um, that is, it's nice for our fans to know that it's all here uh, waiting for them. Definitely. What are some examples of you know, things you've tried to set that tone on social media for the Gwinnett Stripers. Uh, maybe it's just some examples of content, some pictures you've posted, videos you posted, 
uh, interactions you've had with fans, but how do you try to achieve that laid back rebrand um, that you put in place in December? I would definitely say just the fan engagement aspect of it, that we're always talking with our fans. We try not to take ourselves too seriously. If we make a mistake, we made a mistake. You know, there's people running the account. Uh, when we've got rain delays going on, you know, we'll we'll have witty, clever captions on our Twitter, on our Instagram, our videos, you know, anything that is going to make you stop and say, oh, whoa, that's cool. So, you know, we've brought a GoPro down to the dugout and a couple of players have taken it. Uh, one of our players is left-handed and he took a fan's right-handed glove and was playing around with it and actually went out and warmed up with a right-handed glove. We put that out on social, just, you know, just funny things that are different um, that show, you know, yeah, these guys are top level talent, but at the same time, you know, they're goofy, just like us, you know, if they've got their kids and they come around on Sunday and run the bases after the game with everybody else, you know, that's, it's cute. People love to see that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, cute content wins. I, I love my dog content and my cat content when I see it on Twitter. So, you know, anything that engages that awe factor, I think, is going to hit home no matter where you're at. Oh, yeah. We uh, have Bark in the Park here. And what what we did with our GoPro is we actually have it on a little sort of like a selfie stick. And um, I held it down towards my knees and dogs would come up and put their nose. They would boop <laughs> the GoPro, you know, like that's that's such a big thing, like boop on a dog's nose. And so that was just funny. It was a unique angle. You know, we weren't we weren't really selling anything other than the fact that, hey, there's dogs here. You can bring your dog here. It's actually free to bring your dog here on Bark in the Park days. And I mean, really, it was just it was just cute to look at. And then what about on the digital design aspect of it? Like just the actual imagery of the branding. How important do you feel that is? Because I think the Savannah Bananas do a really great job of it themselves. You know, their logo has a lot of energy and it's just really silly to see, you know, this banana with a mean face holding a baseball bat. It's it's cool, but at the same time, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think that embodies what they try to push every day at the ballpark. You know, how do you see the Gwinnett Stripers doing the same thing or maybe trying something a little different, but still achieving that message with their imagery? Well, we went from the Braves to the Stripers. So we used to have a tomahawk as a logo and now we have a fish and he is angry. He's, you know, there's a hook, a baseball bobber hook coming out from his mouth. Um, we have a secondary logo that is a worm wrapped around an anchor. And this past season, we started Worm Wednesdays. Our players wore that worm cap and people have really identified with the worm. He's pretty angry and he is kind of weird because he's a worm. And so he's, you know, pale colored. Um, but we've been putting, you know, we did different on-field competitions with this worm um, in related to Bark in the Park. We did a poop, a scoop, the poop <laughs> promo. Um, we actually have an emoji keyboard that we haven't released all the way yet to the public. Um, but we turned our poop lo or our worm logo into the poop emoji. <laughs> and it is so funny. And that's just a thing, you know, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. And so those are 
some random examples, but in general, a lot of our visual identity on social media, we rely heavily on photographs. Our uh, photographers are top notch. They take great player photos and great fan photos. And so I would say that our graphics are designed in a way, our marketing material on social media is designed in a way to showcase photos and not so much you know, I wouldn't say that these are design elements that are going to be at the top of my portfolio per se, because I'm playing to our strengths here. And our strength is our staff of photographers. And we have 70 home games and I don't have the time to design super awesome graphics for absolutely everything. So looking at what the Savannah Bananas do for you know, fan first entertainment, what would you say is a big takeaway that you could say, all right, the Savannah Bananas do this either with their design, their social media, the way they interact with fans, the way they create a holistic experience that you would then want to bring and put into the Gwinnett Stripers? What's something that you think they're really doing that is helping set the bar for the next level of minor league and uh, collegiate summer league baseball? I definitely think the Savannah Bananas have achieved a more holistic fan experience um, because, you know, at the end of the day, whatever happens in the park is going to make the best content for social media. And the more opportunities you have for content in the park outside of the baseball game itself, the more opportunities you have for great content on social, for great content to sell more fans on. I love the Savannah Banana Nanas, you know, the dance group. (laughs) They're so good. I love it more specifically because it's funny. You know, it's grandma's um and that is something that you know what is the first thing you're going to do when you see that you're going to whip out your phone and take a video uh i also really like the statue i think the latest episode they have unveiled the banana statue outside that's a photo op what are people going to do take out their phones you know so if fans are generating the content themselves that's our best marketing tool. They're going to be posting those pictures and all of their friends are going to see that and be like, oh my gosh, I need to go down there. I need to see that for myself. I want to take that same exact picture. And then it makes my job super easy. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. The best content happens on the field. Um, I think keeping that in mind, um, you know, being the social media coordinator is, I mean, you obviously want your team and you want your you know, the other people in the front office that are helping put together these great fan experiences to be on their game. And so it's all about collaboration. It's all about putting your heads together and making sure everyone's on that same page of delivering a great fan first experience. And then it makes your job easy. You get great content right off the bat, you know, pun mostly intended there to, (laughs) to, you know, to really create some great video, maybe some pictures, maybe tweeting out at a fan who did something crazy on the field, you know, like something fun like that is just so easy to do when everyone's on the same page and people are delivering when they're out on the field, giving that experience to the fans. Oh, yeah. I always try to tell our staff that my job is sharing your job. So I try to be as connected as I can with every department and say that I'm here to make your what you're doing in your job shine. You know, so if you're doing some amazing things, it makes my job easy because I don't have to hunt you down. I don't have to make up stuff in 
you know, guess that it's going to do great. If you do a good job at your job, I'll do a good job at my job. It just happens naturally. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for coming on the podcast and giving us your takes on social media within this whole context of welcome to the show, uh, the impact that it can have on creating that fan first engagement, just giving your thoughts on welcome to the show. I'm sad that it's over, but I think everyone can can gain some great um, insight on whether it's leadership or creativity or how to just push the mantle at whatever you're doing. And uh, yeah, I'd say last thing, you know, if um, if you could uh, if you could say one thing to Savannah Bananas, uh, you know, after looking at their show, something is like, hey, I really love that you're doing blank. What would you say? I love how happy their staff seems to be there. You know, everybody's always coming in like it's opening day. Oh yeah. They're all excited and always on 100 and you know, it's a long season. So for them to be able to do that, it's a testament to great great leadership and, you know, a great work environment, great culture. And that's something that, you know, everybody wants to be a part of. Definitely. Yep. Everyone's always got their uh, game face on 100% of the time. It's pretty crazy, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks again, Anastasia, for coming on the podcast. Really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Have a good one. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. Bye.